Thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Love you. With all my heart, I love you. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. I've never had in 80 years such a wonderful welcome. Never. And I've preached all over the nation. This is the best welcome I've ever had. And I think Pastor Karen has recorded this welcome. Thank you, Pastor Karen. I appreciate that so much. I love this school. Every day, I pray for this school, you students, the faculty, and the staff. Every day, I go into my prayer closet and I call your names before the throne of Almighty God. You know why I do that? Number one, because I love you. But number two, you're going to be the next generation that continues with this Pentecostal experience and message. Amen? That's why I call your name before the throne of Almighty God. Because I love you, and you're the next torchbearer. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, President, for the opportunity to come. President and Miss Karen, we love them. They're wonderful people. You're blessed. They're a pastor of this school. And the word says a pastor is a gift. So you have a wonderful gift in these two wonderful people. I'm glad to have my daughter-in-law with me this morning. Rhonda Tennyson. You probably already gathered this is Dr. Alan Tennyson's wife. You hope. <laughs> with his arm around her there. Then a great friend of mine has started attending this school. I want to recognize him this morning. Andrew Bryant, are you in this building? There he is, back there. Stand up. I just want to recognize you this morning. That is one fine young man. And I've known him since birth. His birth, not mine. <laughs> He's not that old. <laughs> well, it's great to be in the house of the Lord with you this morning and to share the word of God with you. As I always do, I'm going to preach fast. You listen quick. If you get through before I do, stay with me. Amen. We're hoping we're going to get through at the same time. Son, it's good to have you this morning. I love this young man. He's been very, very precious to me. And he told me one day he couldn't imagine life without me. Been mighty difficult. <laughs> We're going to deal this morning with Pentecost. We heard about William J. Seymour yesterday. So we're going to deal this morning with Pentecostal praying. Now, the role of Pentecost or the Holy Spirit in creation was the Spirit of God moved over the waters. Then there's the role of the Holy Spirit in salvation. 
He's the one that draws us unto Christ. He convicts. You see, people can draw a crowd, but only the Holy Spirit can draw people. The role of the Holy Spirit in sanctification is he produces the fruit of the Spirit in our life and holiness. The role of the Holy Spirit in Revelation, he reveals the word of God unto us. But we're going to deal this morning with the role of the Holy Spirit in communication. When we don't know how to pray as we ought, the Holy Spirit begins to pray through us with groanings that cannot be uttered because he knows the will and the mind of Christ. So, what is Pentecostal praying? I want to deal with three words this morning. Pentecostal praying is uh, prayer in expectation of power. Pentecostal praying. Now, let me stop here and say to you this morning, Pentecost is not a denomination. It's an experience. See, sitting on the pew of a Pentecostal church doesn't make you any more Pentecostal than me parking myself in a garage makes me a car. I may park there a week, come out looking worse than I do now if that's possible, but it still doesn't make me a car. What makes me Pentecostal is the experience of Pentecost. So we're going to deal first with the word prayer. Now, when we allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us, there's four kinds of praying the Holy Spirit will do. The first kind is the prayer of adoration from me to God about God. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit to take over and just begin to worship through you? You weren't saying anything. The Holy Spirit was flowing through you in worship. So, The Holy Spirit will pray through us the prayer of adoration from me to God about God. Then the second kind of prayer the Holy Spirit will pray through us is the prayer of intercession. That's from me to God for someone else. It's called the prayer of intercession. And the Holy Spirit will do that when many times we don't know how to pray as we ought. He just begins to intercede through us because he knows the will and the mind of the Father. Let me tell you, it's very important that you receive the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He cannot pray through you unless you receive that gift. The prayer of intercession. Let me give you a testimony. 1980, one Sunday morning, we were pastoring First Assembly in Radcliffe. After the service, one of the ladies came up to me and said, Sister Tennyson, while pastor was preaching this morning, which was my husband, while he was preaching this morning, I saw what looked like an octopus came and sat on top of his head, wrapped the tentacles around his forehead, and began to squeeze the life out of him. She said, I began to pray in the Spirit. And she said, as I began to pray in the spirit, 
I saw what looked like a piranha came along, ate the tentacles off that octopus. The octopus began to die and dry up. She said, do you know what that means? And I said, no, I don't, but I'll share it with my husband. So I shared what she saw with him. And he said, well, honey, let's put it in memory bank. God is trying to show us something. Well, six months from that time, a place broke out on the side of his forehead that would not heal. I noticed it because all of our life, from the first date, I combed my husband's hair. First date, he came to pick me up. I said, hand me your comb and let me rearrange your hair. I'm not going to advise you to do that, but he handed me his comb. I rearranged his hair. And I thought, this is the man I want. He's going to be easy to train. I said to him, what did you think about that later? He said, I thought, this is the woman I want. She's going to take care of me. (laughs) So I continued to comb his hair. So I said, honey, what is that place on the side of your forehead? And he said, I think it's a pimple. When it got ripe, I pinched it, and it will not heal. I said, well, we're going to make an appointment with a dermatologist to see what's going on here. So we went in to visit with the dermatologist. He did x-rays, biopsies, every necessary test that he had to do. When the results came in, he called my husband and said, Reverend, I need you in here as quickly as you can come. He said, I'll be there. We went in, he set us down. And he said, the x-ray, the biopsy, and all the tests prove you have a malignant mass on your brain that looks like an octopus. What do you want me to do? He said, if I did surgery today, it could explode. Immediate death. If I don't do surgery, you're going to die. If I do do surgery and you live, you have 18 months. What do you want me to do? And my husband said, Doc, give me 30 days to pray. Walked out of that office. I was crying. And I said, honey, why are you doing this? Did you hear what the doctor said? He said, yes, but did you hear what he said? He said, it looks like an octopus. And if there's an octopus, there's a piranha somewhere. And we're going to find it. 30 days, listen to me, 30 days that precious church, 24 hours a day, there was somebody in the building praying for his healing. For 30 days, for 24 hours a day, there was somebody in the building. At the end of 30 days, my husband promised the doctor he would be back. He re-examined him. He came out and he said, Reverend, I don't know how to explain this to you. But the only way I can describe it 
It looks like a piranha has come along, eating a tentacles off that octopus. There is no activity at all in that octopus. He said, something has happened, and you've just had a miracle of a move in the power of God in your situation. Shout a little bit now, church. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. The power of the Spirit interceding through you. My husband lived 29 years after that. The power of the Holy Spirit interceding through us. Listen to me. Church, God is still working supernaturally in the lives of those that will let him work. He's still a supernatural God. There's the power as he prays through us. The prayer of adoration. The prayer of intercession. The third kind of prayer we're going to deal with is the prayer of communication. That's from me to God, from God to me. Let me give an example. I go see Sister Karen one morning. Say, good morning, Sister Karen. How are you doing this morning? Pretty morning this morning. I go that way for an hour without taking a breath. I probably could. <laughs> and say goodbye. She looks at me and thinks, we didn't communicate. She did all the talking. Folks, we can come to an altar wherever we pray, and we can stay there for 30 minutes and talk like a house on fire, get up and leave. We haven't communicated. Be still and let God, as the Holy Spirit begins to communicate with God, let God begin to communicate back with you. Let him talk with you and let him know what's going on. As, as the Holy Spirit lets him know what's going on. I may have told you this before when I was here, and I probably did. Don't think the poor little thing's getting senile. She doesn't know what she's doing. Most of the time I do. <laughs> Many of you young people, I'm sure, don't remember this person, but I know Pastor does, Sister Karen, my son, and Rhonda. Some of you remember, Pastor Tim. Dr. C.M. Ward. Dr. C.M. Ward said when he was pastoring in California, he went to a missions convention. And he said in the convention... They were taking pledges for missionaries. And he said, I sat there and I began to pray. And said, so the Spirit began to pray through me. Just sitting there. The prayer of communication. God, what do you want me to do? And he said, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I want you to pledge $1,000 for this convention. Bakersfield, California. And he said, I'm thinking to myself, God, I'm going to pledge something that's not on the budget, in the budget for the church. But he said, I went ahead and obeyed. And on the way home, he said, in my mind, how are you going to tell your board you pledged $1,000 that's not in the budget? And he said, Monday morning, I'm walking the office floor. Saying, God, I need a thousand dollars. I need a thousand dollars. And he said, While I'm praying, I hear a vehicle drive up outside. 
look out my office window and said, there's a gentleman getting out of an old truck. He gets out, said he's got muddy boots on, work clothes. And he said, I say to myself, oh, no, there comes somebody in here for a handout. Well, I'm going to give him $2 and send him on his way. I've got to pray in $1,000. I want to stop here and say something today. We don't have to do anything. The result is up to God. When God speaks, I don't bring it to pass. I allow God to bring it to pass. And folks, we take on responsibilities that's not ours. I'm a vessel that God wants to work through, but I don't bring results. I'm not responsible for results. God, I've got to pray in $1,000. He said, the gentleman knocked on the door. He said, I went to the door and he said, are you Reverend Ward? He said, yes, sir, I am. Reverend Ward, do you have a counter check on the First National Bank? Now, for you young people, a counter check is a check. It doesn't have your name or address or anything on it. It's a check that can be used by anybody that has money in that bank. And he said, I'm thinking to myself, not only is he wanting to hand out, he's wanting me to write him a check. And he said, I thought to myself, I again said to myself, I'm going to give him $2 and send him on his way. And he said, well, yes, I do have a counter check on the First National Bank. He said, Reverend Ward, I love to hear you on the radio. When I passed by the church today, the Lord said to me, go in there and give Reverend Ward $1,000. He said, I gathered my checkbook and began to write. Then he said, the man stopped me. And he said, Reverend Ward, as I stepped through the door, the Lord spoke to me and said, make that check for $1,002. He said, I don't know what the $2 is all about, but I tell you what, let's obey God. Brother Ward said, I think I heard God laugh. But he said, when the gentleman left, the Lord said to him, son, how long is it going to take for you to learn to trust me? When I speak, how long will it take you to learn as the Holy Spirit prays through us with the prayer of adoration from me to God about God, with the prayer of intercession from me to God for someone else, with the prayer of communication from me to God, from God to me. And then the last prayer is the prayer petition that's from me to God for me. Daniel prayed the prayer of petition. Three times a day, from me to God, for me. I told this in class yesterday. 1975, we were pastoring in Tennessee. I went to the ophthalmologist to have an examination for my eyes. The ophthalmologist said to me, Miss Tennyson, the retinas are coming detached from both of your eyes, going to drop down in the back of your head, and with three months' time, you're going to be stone blind. He said, Do you have a family? I said, yes, sir, I have a husband and a three-year-old son. He said, well, you better do all you can do within three months. You're not going to be able to see anything. 
He said, I'm going to put some drops in your eyes, ask you to return within an hour to see if there's anything we can do. But he said, I think you're too far gone. I left that place, went across the street to a little restaurant to eat. And I, as I was sitting there, I said, God, I know you're a miracle worker. And before I get back to that doctor's office, I want you to do something. Then the Holy Spirit began to take over and pray through me. I want this in our spirit. When we don't know how to pray as we ought, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit prays through us. He speaks in language that we don't understand. It's a language talking to God, but he begins to pray through us. And I was sitting there and the Holy Spirit began to pray through me. I went back to that doctor's office at the appointed time. He re-examined me and he said, Miss Tennyson, where have you been? I said, across the street to get something to eat. He said, what happened? I said, well, you tell me. <laughs> you tell me. He said, these retinas are as tight as they can be. What happened, ma'am? I said, Doc, 30 minutes ago, Jesus of Nazareth passed my way, and I reached out and touched the hem of his garment, and he has made me whole. Come on, Amen. Come on. I didn't hurt you, did I? No. Good. And he has made me whole. That's what happened. That's what happened. Class students, why am I telling you this this morning? I'm telling you this because that same God still has all power in heaven and in earth. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. He's still alive, and he still wants to work in the hearts and the lives of people that will let him work. So as we begin to pray in the Spirit, because things we don't understand, that we uh, may not even know how to ask God for, the Holy Spirit begins to pray through us. He'll pray the prayer of adoration. He'll pray the prayer of communication. He'll pray the prayer of intercession. And He'll pray the prayer of petition. As we just begin to pray in the Spirit and let Him do the work. That's prayer. Our next word we're dealing with is expectation. What is expectation? It's faith in God's ability. Faith in God's ability. God, I believe you're who you say you are, and I believe you can do what you say you can do. Folks, I do not have faith in prayers. I have faith in the God I'm praying to. That's where my faith lies. It's in the God I'm praying to, not the prayers that I'm praying. But it's the God that I pray to. Faith in God's ability. It's not how we pray or what we pray, but it's how we pray. I believe what I'm praying that God is going to move. And we've got to say, God, I trust you, I believe you, and I know that you're the answer. Pastor friend of mine years ago said... Uh, my wife was expecting our first child. The doctor said to me, Reverend, 
If your wife delivers a normal, healthy child, she's going to have to have one egg every day for 30 days. He said, we didn't have the money to buy eggs. And said, on the day she was supposed to start, he said, I got down and said, God, I don't have the money to buy eggs. Either you can heal my wife or provide the eggs. And he said to me, little sister, believe me or not, I looked out my window and down the sidewalk in the city came walking an old hen. That old hen walked in my garage and laid one egg. Every day for 30 days, that old hen walked into my garage and laid one egg. He said, after the 30th day, we never saw that old hen again. He said, every time she got in front of the neighbor's house, she would disappear. What am I saying to you? The God that we serve still has the power of creation. If he has to create an old hen, whoa, in the middle of a sidewalk, he's still able to do it. That's the kind of God that we serve. He said, my wife delivered a fine, healthy son at the appointed time. Why? Folks, we still serve a supernatural God. One that I can't explain because he's God. And besides him, there is no other. Prayer, expectation. Let me say this. When it gets to the stage that Pentecostal people go to the house of God without an expectation, we're of all men most miserable. Without an expectation. Let me tell you, years ago, we used to have healing campaigns. Oral Roberts, uh, Catherine Kuhlman, you remember the healing campaigns we used to have? People would load people up in vans and take them to the healing campaign. Many of them got healed. Why? They went with a expectation. Well, let me tell you something. The same God that's at the healing campaign is in your local church. He's still in your local church. If you will go with expectation. God, I believe you're going to heal me. I'm coming today. You're going to meet my need. I'm coming with an expectation. So we need to say, I have faith in God's ability that he can do what he said he can do. I'm trusting him and I'm believing him. I told you before when I'm here, but I'm going to remind you. You may say, what can he do? He can take a ball of mud and make man. He can take a sign and make a rainbow. He took emancipated out of the river Nile. He took a shepherd's staff and made a snake. He made a freeway out of the Red Sea. He took you of the deserts, made three square meals. He made an army out of dry bones. He made a preacher out of a donkey. After hearing me, you'll probably agree. He made an elevator out of a whirlwind. He made a taxi out of a whale. He made a banquet out of a boy's lunch. He made wine out of water. He made a taxpayer out of a fish. He made the blind to see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, the issue of blood stop. He made a fool out of the devil and he's making a church out of us. That's what he can do. That's what he can do. That's what he can do. Supernatural God. Amen. As we allow the Holy Spirit to begin to pray through us, work through us in our lives. Prayer 
is the ultimate conversation. Prayer is the only communication between heaven and earth. There's not any better conversation you can have than prayer. Prayer, expectation, let's go with power. Prayer and expectation of power. We've got to say, I've got faith in God's power because I can trust in his character. I can trust in his power because I can trust in his character. Folks, we pray as the Holy Spirit begins to pray according to his will. Why? Well, our will can be easily perverted. His will is perfect. Our will sees the partial. His will sees the whole. Our will is temporal. His will is eternal. So as we pray according to God's will, the Holy Spirit prays according to God's will in our lives. Folks, the Trinity is involved in every area of our prayer life. God the Father receives our prayer. God the Son intercedes to the Father for us in prayer. And God the Holy Spirit prays through us. So the Trinity is involved in every area of our prayer life as we allow him to pray through us. And I said the Holy Spirit prays through us. The Word says we don't need the Holy Spirit to pray through us to get the answers. We need the Holy Spirit to pray through us to ask the questions. When we don't know how to pray as we ought, the Holy Spirit prays through us to ask the questions. Why do I need the Holy Spirit praying through me? Number one, we're restricted by the limitations imposed on us by our knowledge. Number two, it keeps self from dominating the prayer. Let me say that again. Because we're restricted by the limitations imposed on us by our knowledge. And number two, it keeps self from dominating the prayer. Folks, we need to always seek God and pray and let the Holy Spirit pray through us. Folks, his power is greater than any problem you have. His love is deeper than any sin you've committed. That's the kind of God that we serve. And he provided for us the Holy Spirit to be a, a comforter, to be a companion, and to pray through us. And to allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us. Somebody asked me to repeat this testimony and I'm going to real quickly. I told it last time, but I'll tell it real quickly because it's a request. Oh, thank you, Pastor, uh, Pastor President. Uh, 1988, our church bus suffered a terrible tragedy. Hit head on by a drunken driver resulting in the deaths of 27 of our precious people. Our son was on the bus, got off just a few minutes before they could not. Went through many months of terrible, terrible depression. One of the gentlemen 
in our church lost his entire family on that burning church bus. He lost a 34-year-old wife, a 10-year-old daughter, and a 14-year-old daughter. His whole family. He went through many months of grief as the Lord helped him. We were with him. God has since given him a ministry to men and to families. On March the 4th, 1990, he was to be in North Carolina to do a service. And he said, I looked at my calendar on Friday, the 2nd of March, and thought, no, I'm not going to North Carolina. The 4th would have been his oldest daughter's 16th birthday. He said, I promised my oldest daughter when she got to be 16, I was going to take her out to lunch, give her 16 red roses. It was going to be our day. He said, I tried to call the pastor to cancel the engagement. There was no answer. Saturday morning, he was praying. And he said, I didn't know how to pray. So he said, the spirit began to pray through me. God, you know what I want to do, but what do you want me to do? And so the Spirit began to take over. And as the Spirit began to pray through him, he heard the Lord speak to his Spirit, I want you to go to North Carolina. I want you to wire 16 red roses to that church where you're going. I want you to be on your plane this afternoon. And he said, why God? And God said two words to him, trust me. Now, folks, let me stop here and say something. The reason we don't trust God any more than we do, we only trust people we know. When I first started dating my husband, he would take me to the door for six, seven, eight months, stick out his hand and look at me and say, I sure enjoyed the fellowship. <laughs> After eight months of that, I said to myself, I can get this at church. <laughs> I'm a little tired of just the fellowship. <laughs> Eventually, we got married. Eventually. Let me bring this to you. Through fellowship, I got to know him. Are you hearing me? After I got to know him, I began to trust him. Let me tell you something. And... My son can tell you this today. There's no individual that ever walked on the face of this earth that I trusted any more than my precious husband. He was a man of integrity. Never lied to me. Never unfaithful to me. But he was a wonderful man of God. How did I arrive at that? It began with fellowship. The more I fellowship God, the more I'm going to know God. The more I know God, the more I'm going to trust God. He said, trust me. Wired 16 red roses to church where he's going. Pastor picked him up at the airport Saturday afternoon. Said, Lee, we received 16 red roses for the church. Well, they're four. He said, Pastor, I don't know. Just trust God and trust me. Sunday morning, the Lord spoke to him and said, there's going to be a special young lady here today. And I want you to give her those 16 red roses. He said he went into the church and said to the youth pastor, if another young lady walks in here today, tell me her name. In the middle of the worship service, young lady walked in, sat on the front pew, and the Lord said to Lee, that's her. He said to the youth pastor, what's her name? He said her name is Missy. 
He got up to preach and he said, folks, I'm going to be as transparent with you today. I didn't want to be here. Today would have been my oldest daughter's 16th birthday. I promised her when she got to be 16, I was going to take her out to lunch, give her 16 red roses. It was going to be our day. He said, but the Lord told me to come here and told me to wear 16 red roses to this church. And a few minutes ago, he told me to give them to Missy. He said, come up here, honey. You're going to be my daughter today. I'm going to give you these roses. Going to take you and the youth group out to lunch. Said, I put my arms around her shoulders and hugged her. And said, I'd rather hug flesh and bone than I would a coal monument. He said, that whole church broke down weeping. After the service, Missy came up to him and said, Mr. Williams, you don't know me. And he didn't. She said, three years ago, my mother dropped me off on the streets of Jacksonville, Florida. Never returned for me. Don't know who my father is. I never met him. Three months ago, a lady evangelist from the Assemblies of God picked me up off the streets of Jacksonville, Florida, brought me to Teen Challenge here in North Carolina. I started attending this church and gave my heart to the Lord. Mr. Williams, I awaken to the truth today. Today is my 16th birthday. She said, I begin to cry. And I said, God, I don't know where my mother is. I don't know who my father is. No one cares that I'm 16 today. Jesus, if you love me like they say you do, and if you're who they say you are, every young lady would like to have 16 red roses for her birthday. When I go to church today, let someone give me 16 red roses. What am I saying today? The supernatural God that I'm telling you about, folks, took the hurting heart of a man in the state of Kentucky, sent that hurting heart to the state of North Carolina to let a 16-year-old girl know I'm who they say that I am and I can do what they say that I can do and I love you like they say that I do. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. That's the kind of God that we serve. She said, Mr. Williams, I'm going to finish high school. I'm going to Bible school. I want to be a youth pastor. I want to help other hurting young people like me. Missy finished high school, Bible school, and she was just, just retired as a youth pastor in one of our Assembly of God churches. What am I saying? Folks, it still works. It still works. And we need to say, Holy Spirit, begin to pray through me. Begin to pray through me. As we close, we're going to come to the altar. And I want to ask a question this morning. Is there any in the building that would say, I've never received that gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I'm sure hungry for him. Can I see your hand? Thank you. Anybody else? We're here to pray with you. Thank you. I see that hand. Anyone else? Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. I see that hand. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. For him to pray through you, he's got to fill you. Jesus will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How many of this morning, along with me, would make this statement as we come to pray? I just want to be able to allow the Spirit to pray through me in a greater measure than he ever has and that I can allow him to pray the prayer of adoration, communication, intercession, petition in my life. 
I want to be filled even more with the power of God in my life. And when I pray, I want to see things begin to happen, not because of me, but because of the one that's living within me, because the results are still up to him. Amen? I'm hungry for that. I don't know how about you. I've got my hand raised. I'm hungry for that. Those of you that lifted your hand for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, would you come forward, please, and kneel right here over my, on my left. Right here, if you would. Thank you for coming. How many believes the baptizers in the house today? It begins with worship. Begin to worship Him as you know how to worship. We're going to be by to pray with you in just a minute. But if some of you would like to come and pray with these, we'd be happy for you too. We'll be by with you to help. Come on. Thank you. Thank you so much. Encourage them to lift their hands and just begin to worship. Thank you for coming. Now, the rest of you, if God has ever done anything for you, stand to your feet right now. I'm going to ask you to come forward if he's ever done anything for you. I want to fill this altar. Fill this altar. Say, God, I want you working in my life in a fresh way. I may not need 16 red roses, but what I do need, I need a move of the power of Almighty God working in me in a greater way. Those of you that are filled, just lift your hands. Let the Holy Spirit begin to flow through you today. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just let him flow. Just let him flow. Hallelujah. You may not know. There's things that you may not know how to pray about. And say, Holy Spirit, I don't know how to pray about this situation. But what I'm going to let you do is pray through me. Because you know the will and the mind of the Father. And I'm just going to let you just begin to pray through me. Whatever it is. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Just let it flow. Hallelujah, Jesus. Just begin to sing. Yes, it, Lord. Oh, yes, God. Hallelujah, 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 God. Hallelujah, God. He's all over the 